Hello, this is Tim Conboy, the pastor of New Life Community Church located in Nashville, Indiana. I'd like to thank you for visiting our podcast, and I trust that God will just bless you and encourage you and speak to your heart as you listen to this message. Thank you again for joining us, and God bless you. The first time I was coming up, I promised I was going to get a Kleenex, but he gave me the look of don't come up here, so I turned around and went back. <laughs> I, I had not forgotten. But that look, you don't, you know, that's a dad look right there. Do not pick up that Kleenex right now. Merry Christmas Eve to you all. It's great to see you all. For some of you this morning, uh, if you were a service, I was not. And uh, I apologize for, for not being here. We did have a plan A and a plan B. And uh, I had surgery this past week. And recovery is not going as well as I had planned. And uh, so my body needs to catch up. Uh, but I'm excited about tonight and uh, to share with you all and uh, to and to just celebrate uh, the birth of our savior and uh, you know the anticipation and the excitement of christmas eve uh, matches none other um, super bowls and world series and uh, march madness and tournaments i go sports because i'm all about sports but all those things cannot compare uh, to the anticipation of christmas eve and uh, celebrating uh, the birth of jesus and so um i wrote a lot of things down over this past week in thinking about um, Christmas season and peace. Uh, and so um, I'm going to read a lot of the things that I wrote uh, just because I, I like the way I wrote them and um, I don't want to forget. <laughs> I want to say them exactly the way I wrote them. Uh, but, you know, uh, we, we know this. We use this term very flippant, but, you know, Jesus was born here on earth over 2,000 years ago. And and the thing about it is his birth is not significant because it was in a barn or because it was in Bethlehem or because the celebration of his birth is now observed as a holiday. Jesus' birth is important because of who he is. Jesus is simply the son of God. Jesus is the defeater of death. Jesus is the only one who can promise us anticipation that will not disappoint, joy that will not fade. And I say that because tonight is one of the most anticipated days of the year, and yet there are some who will wake up tomorrow disappointed because you didn't get them the gift that they thought they deserved or needed or should have, or perhaps the disappointment was not on their side, but that often as parents we wish we could do more. The beauty of Jesus is that he is the only one that can promise as I said, anticipation that will not disappoint and joy that will not fade. What is this anticipation called that we can be assured will never fail? That anticipation is hope. Not the hope that you can relate to in our day-to-day -day lives. It's, it's not the, the kind of hope promised to everyone by Jesus. It was not a fingers crossed. It wasn't a roll of a dice hope. It was an expected hope. It was a hope of certainty. You guys can attest that our lives are very uncertain these days we see that around us and it's full of uncertainty and suffering and sorrow they can also be filled with temporary pleasures that will inevitably leave us feeling unfulfilled nothing and no one can provide us with the authentic everlasting joy we seek that can conquer the sorrow and emptiness we need remedied that no one is except jesus Pray for peace, people everywhere. This morning, if you were in service, there was a song that they did. 
It had that line in it. I'm going to tell you a couple stories of some people. I was reading about this man who, um, his wife of four years, had had a miscarriage. And then she suddenly passed away a few weeks later at the age of 22. The same man remarried several years later, and he and his wife were blessed with six children. Sadly, however, their third daughter passed away at the age of one. And this man's second wife was 44 when she died in a very tragic accident. He was there when the accident occurred, and he tried but failed to save his wife's life. The next Christmas, after her death, he wrote in his journal, How inexpressibly sad are all holidays. A year after that, his journal read, A Merry Christmas, say the children, but that is no more for me. At about the same time, man's oldest son joined the army and went to war without his father's blessing. A year later, he got word that his son had been seriously wounded. That Christmas, the man did not write in his journal at all. As the war was coming to a close, this same man who had experienced so much heartache and loss in his life heard the local church bells ringing on Christmas Day. And he sat down to his desk and he wrote a poem. That man was, was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and this is part of what he had to say. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth, goodwill to men. I'm going to tell you another story of another gentleman. This gentleman was found himself in the Second War, Second World War, and he was uh, French, but because of the overwhelming occupation of the Nazis, he was forced to um, uh, fight for the Nazis. And so, feeling oppressed and no freedom, he decided that he would join the French underground. His assignments required him to uh, remain in German uniform, but he collected information, and when possible, he would warn the French resistance uh, fighters of attacks the Germans were planning against them. One mission uh, haunted him in particular. He was assigned the task of leading a group of German soldiers into a trap where the French fighters could catch them in a crossfire. He was shot that day. He survived. The French suffered only minor injuries, but the memory of the enemy soldiers falling to the ground, most of them dead, was etched in his mind. And it was an, it was an etching that was worth the price because he chose to walk in freedom by exposing darkness to the light. That man in 1962 wrote a song. It's called, Do You Hear What I Hear? He wrote that song based out of the Cuban Missile Crisis was going on. It was the imminent threat of the world. And as he walked through New York City, he saw the hopelessness on people's face, faces. And he saw the despair on their faces. And he was reminded of the day 
when he was overwhelmed and was forced to join an army that he didn't want to be a part of, but he found a way to bring peace and freedom to those around him. And so he penned the words to that song, Do You Hear What I Hear? And he said, Pray for peace, people everywhere. Why do I tell you those two stories tonight? As we go into Christmas holidays, emotions are all over the place. There are, There is joy, there is hope. I said anticipation. Minds dream of perfect scenarios of Christmas season and Christmas mornings. But I want to tell you there also tonight is despair and disappointment, and frustration, overwhelming sadness, loneliness, and hopelessness. That is emotion that we all are carrying on a regular basis, and we're all in those scenarios. I, I said those two stories. I shared those two stories with you because Noel Regne, who wrote the song, and Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, they didn't, they didn't see situations as holding them back, but they chose to grasp a hold of peace. We don't always know what people are going through when they're around us. Some of you may be sitting next to someone that you don't know, and you don't know what they've been experiencing or what they've been walking through, what's holding them back. Life is full of anticipation and happiness, but is also filled with disappointment and sorrow. On this Christmas Day, please know that the celebration of the birth of Jesus is not just a celebration of gifts, food, family, and love. It is a celebration that peace can be found, hope can be counted on, and joy can be experienced by us all. Those gentlemen were two that in their circumstances chose to find a way to bring peace to others, to bring joy, and to bring hope. For the angel proclaimed to the shepherds in the world that night long ago, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This Savior is Jesus, the fulfiller of anticipation, the provider of enduring joy. And I say that because when we look back and we talk about that, it seems like a moment, right? It happened, it, it, was, a, it was an incredible just moment. It was a remarkable moment, but it was a moment. And we gather on nights like tonight and we talk about it and we sing about it and we're anticipating and we look and we go, that was a long time ago, it was 2,000 years ago, and God is good, but you need to understand, heaven opened herself up and placed her most precious one in a human womb. Jesus came not as a flash of light or as an unapproachable conqueror, but as one whose first cries were heard by a peasant girl and a sleepy carpenter. The hands that first held him were unmanicured, calloused, and dirty. And for 33 years, he would feel everything you and I have ever felt. Weak, wary, afraid of failure. His, his feelings even got hurt. He was even offended at times. He experienced joy and anticipation and excitement. And I say that because I think sometimes when we think of Jesus, if we think about him in that way, it almost becomes irreverent. 
There's something about keeping him divine that keeps him distant and predictable. And I feel like this Christmas holiday is, he shouldn't be predictable. And we don't need to keep him distant. We should let him be as human as he intended to be. If we don't let him into our mire and our muck and into our world, if we can't let him do that, then he can't pull us out. I'm talking about emotion because a lot of times we as a church, we as people want to bury those. We want to act like they don't exist. We want to act like everything is okay. And you know what? Lots of times things are okay, but sometimes they're not. And we got to let him in that. You may not know this, but there is a battle being played out in our culture right now. And it's the battle of the gods, little g. It is the God of the Bible, the true and living God, versus all contenders. This battle goes back to the first messianic verse in the Bible when after Satan tempted Adam and Eve to sin, God said to him, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Satan wanted to stop Christ from coming, but he didn't. He didn't stop him. He wasn't able the manger happened. And the manger is a beautiful scene. It's a scene that points to the cross. The manger is a marker that says restoration is about to happen. I love the cross. I'm so thankful for the cross. But I am really thankful for the manger. The manger is a symbol of peace. A manger, the manger is a symbol of hope. That's so why I love when we do the nativity scene and, and, and sometimes we are so focused on Christmas that we, we pass by the manger and slow down and understand what gift was given to us. The manger was to empower. The manger is a scene that we display to the world that peace can be had, that joy can be felt, and that hope is alive. And every day, that is a choice to live out. I hear often, Christmas is the time when it brings out the best and the worst in people. And I am believe that that is a choice. I believe that peace is a choice. I believe that how we love people, how we display love, how we unconditionally stand beside them, how we choose those things is our understanding of what the manger means to us. I believe that the manger is a display of an attitude within you and I. The manger is a gift that we are called to give away every day. Not just Christmas time, not just a season or for a month, or when things are going right, or when they're going well. But it is a gift that we're called to give away every single day. It is a gift of peace. It is a gift of joy. It is a gift of happiness. We choose peace. We have to fill our hearts and our head with the word. We need scriptures flooding our hearts so that our focus and feelings don't keep us stuck, but rather bring us freedom. I believe tonight 
there are some who have walked in this door and you are battling things that you need freedom from. I want you to know that the manger brought that. The cross paid the price for your eternal salvation, for your eternal freedom. But the manger gave you the ability to walk in freedom every single day as you walk on this earth. And I don't want to lose sight of that. I want to give you a few scriptures that I'd love for you to hold on to because I know that after this season, we're going to need to find some peace when we're paying the bills and when we're digging out of weather because it will snow or ice. Proverbs sixteen seven says this, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. John 14.27 Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. John 16.33 says these, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This is one of my favorite verses. This is the one that I'm living, living for every single day. I have to quote to myself. is, Be anxious for nothing. It's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Peace is a gift. I don't know if you know that or not, but peace is a gift. And often we choose whether or not we want to accept that gift or we want to utilize that gift or we want to give that gift away. Often we want to take that gift and hide it away. I was reminded of um, every Christmas, it seems like when you start digging stuff out, you find some gifts you forgot to give last year. And I started thinking about that's how peace is often with most of us. A lot of times we're combative or we don't want to bring peace because we forget to give it away. We hide it away and think, you know what, I'll remember to use that when I really, really need to. And then we forget. Peace is a gift. The gift was born in a manger and the gift was handed to you from the cross. So my question for you is, have you opened that gift lately? Have you opened that gift of peace? There's a bigger gift that's been given. It says, freely we have received, so freely we are to give. Do you know God has given you the ultimate gift? I mean, you know that. That's why you're here tonight, more than likely. You recognize that. But I believe that there are some of you here tonight that have been handed a gift and have never opened it. Imagine if someone gives you a gift, they've picked it out for you, they're excited for you to open it, they cannot wait, the anticipation is great, and you simply go, that's not for right now, I think I'll set that down. That's a gift that's been given to you, and perhaps you haven't opened that up. In Luke 2.11 it says this, Today a Savior has come for you. A Savior has come for your salvation. He was born in a manger. And I believe that there's some here tonight that have never said a sinner's prayer, have never repented. Or maybe you have, but you said it with your head, and tonight you'd like to say it with your heart. So here's what I'd like you to do. 
I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to tell you to keep your eyes open tonight. We do something a little different. But I would ask that you just pray this with me. Father, I'm so thankful for the cross and for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the manger. Thank you for your peace. I need your peace, Jesus. I need your peace in my heart. And I need your peace for my eternity. I accept you, Jesus, as my Savior. Thank you for saving my life and giving me a peaceful eternity. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. For some of you, like I've done that before, this is like the 47th time I've said that. But for someone, that was your first time with your heart, and you meant it. And I'm excited for you because you just opened up the ultimate gift. You just opened up the gift of peace. Not easy, but peace. I want to encourage you tonight. I want to encourage you in that, you know, it doesn't matter. Disappointments, discouragements, sorrow, lonely. Those things can be covered by what Jesus has done for you. You can have peace tonight if you want it. You can choose it as you go out and as you come in. And I would strongly encourage you, after tomorrow and after the next day and after the next day, pick up that peace. Extend that peace. Continue to be a person of peace. Continue to be a person who shares the gift of the manger beyond Christmas, beyond the holiday, beyond the season. That you would continue to share it. I would I want to encourage you on this as well. Don't give up. Look up. When you wake up in the mornings and it's tough, don't give up. Look up. I shared with you two stories of two gentlemen who, despite odds, chose to walk in peace, chose to make a difference, chose to bring joy and happiness to people. We're going to watch a video in a second, and it's the Christmas story. I love the Christmas story. That's why we're here tonight. But it's not just from Luke. It's from the beginning, because you need to know. I want to, be, I want to remind you. The Christmas story started in the very beginning. It started in the beginning of time. God knew what he was doing, and he had a plan for your peace. He had a plan for us to carry it out. Watch this video. But as for you, Bethlehem, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you, one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. 
Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had it in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judah, to Bethlehem the town of David because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Now there were in the same country shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, he took the humble position of a slave, and he was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace.